Hi, my name is Jerry Stenson, and this is my final podcast for ARE 260, and today we have two guests with us. Um, Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Cassie Smith. I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. I'm a graduate of Arizona State University. I have my degree in general studies, focus in science and technology, criminal justice, and communications. Hi, I'm Deanne Boyce. I um, live in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I graduated from the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater with a degree in, um, well, a bachelor's degree in education with French and English double major, and I have a master's in early childhood education. All right, for today's topic, we're going to be talking about race and art. Um, my first question to you guys is, have you ever noticed the whiteness in academic art? Traditionally, I've, I have seen a lot of uh, more depictions of white people or have been taught more about white artists um, when it comes to, you know, when you think about the classic paintings and painters, you you know, you think about the Renaissance painting or the 16th chapel and all that, it is more depicted as um, uh, white people uh, versus people of color. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, when I think of artists, again, all of the artists that come to mind for me are the um, European artists that, um, that I've learned about from Impressionism, um, the Renaissance, and whatnot. So, okay. yeah, mostly white people. Um, have you guys ever taken an art or art history class in your, in any of your education um, at an academic level? And were the artists you learned about mostly white? Then, I took a, I took an art one hundred and one class. Uh, and that was as far as I went. Um, I honestly couldn't tell you because um, it was a one-on-one. We didn't really delve too deep. I remember some of the artists, but again, if if, if I'm if we're talking about just traditional painting and art, uh, yeah, or traditional form of art like painting and sculpting, things like that, then it was dominantly white uh, artists. Yeah, I never took an art history class. Um, most of the art that I have learned about um, was through a French teacher that I had in high school, and she introduced us to the Impressionists. So that's really my main and influence they, as far as learning about art. Yeah, and they were all main. I mean, all the mainstream ones were white, so... Um, yes. Okay. Um, how do you think it is for uh, for people of color learning about art and not seeing people like them represented in the history books or having a false repre- representation of their heritage? Um, for instance, I know in African art, um, we see it as you know, ancient and tribal, but realistically there's artists working contemporary, contemporarily who 
maybe working with styles or traditions of you know their ancestors but they're not represented in today's textbook when we talk about modern or contemporary and they're always categorized as you know this ancient culture but realistically it's a culture of happening today do you think that's that affects people especially like children coming into you know learning about race and art and just in life in general well, I, I, the way I feel about it is you know it's I, again I'm a lay person when it comes to art or art history necessarily so I, I, I do have to ask the question is were there black artists doing the same type of work that the white artists were like say uh, for instance again if we're thinking of like traditional styles like you know anywhere from the 16 to the 1800s you know and forward were there a lot of black artists they were just they because of racism or issues about race were they not able to sell their art or were they was it an access issue you know what i mean like was um, yeah i, I mean like I... one of the questions um i would have like regarding that i do feel like not see not seeing a lot of representation because like think about even art like christmas art to see uh the white santa depicted versus a black santa where it is less common so there's definitely a, a separation and uh under representation of people of color um but i do have to when it comes to talking about classic art classical art and all that is that like what was the I think it's more of an access thing um, because of where blacks come from. I think it's a matter of, you know, travel and stuff like that. And when Africa started getting like invaded by Europe and other other continents or countries, it was a matter of then that art being taken from its homeland and brought to a different level and it wasn't as like recognized and of course then it was not you know it may not have been impressionistic or um you know uh post impressionistic but it definitely brought a different style and even artists like picasso were inspired by um you know, African art and his, uh, Mademoiselle's de Navignon is exact replica, replica of, or not exact replica, but it has references to African art and, um, what we think of as like ancient art, which I mean, 1600s isn't that long ago, but it was, you know, definitely in our past, uh, further than what I would think of as ancient being like, you know, cave drawings or something like that. Um, right. Or like Egyptian art is different too. Yeah. No, I think mainly if I think of African art, I do think of more of the tribal, the masks, the, um, the wooden, uh, replicas I've seen of maybe depictions of their gods and whatnot. But I, I don't know any black artists that would have fallen into the same 
kinds of things as like Renaissance art and whatnot. Yeah. And then um, thinking about as you know, Cassie mentioned with uh, um, like the depictions of Santa Claus being white. I've always seen depictions of Jesus and all of the biblical characters as being white, brown hair, brown eyes, but definitely not um, African or Middle Eastern looking. Yeah. Where their her origin would be, or Jesus's origin would be. Uh, Correct. Yeah. So do you feel, okay, not talking about like the quote-unquote academic arts what about like contemporary artists um there's tons of contemporary artists that have come out that are obviously people of color and not just you know black artists but there's you know different you know mexican artists and artists just from all over the world that are getting more recognition and just because you may not know them doesn't mean that they're not out there getting that recognition but does it do you think it also if we put more black artists or artists of color in history books that it would help to make children or people learning about arts feel more accepted in what they do and th and this can be anything um i know like missy copeland is a huge like star in the like ballet world do you think that her influence on you know young black dancers is something that you could you think like helps them to feel like they're seeing and feeling represented in art yeah I think so especially when they made such a big deal of like the um, recent uh, Broadway productions of um, ballets that were typically uh, held with by white dancers and then you see a, a black dancer being portrayed as um, the, the lead in like the Nutcracker or something and there was a lot of controversy about well how, she can't do that part she's black and just being able to bring that out and yeah. even, you know, with our recent election here with uh, some of the reactions of young children I've seen is like, oh, she's the vice president is or vice president elect is um, black like me. Then maybe I can be something important someday. Yeah. I mean, that even happens, though, in like the um, not just the art community, but like the total throwing aside here but like the anime community or the cosplay community um characters who are traditionally white or you know japanese or of lighter skin color when somebody cosplays them who is a person of color all of a sudden they get backlash for it and you know you go through and you read some of the comments on their instagram posts or their tiktoks and stuff and it's like there's so much hate that goes towards them and it's almost like uh -huh. this is 2020 how are we still dealing with this issue um so i feel like that's kind of the same thing you know not just in art and in, in modern or, or in contemporary art but in just in general in our world we see 
people of color being underrepresented to where it becomes weird or, you know, controversial because they're doing something that's traditionally white. Um, but, uh, that does bring me to my next point. Um, so do you think that art is something that can bring people or community together and, um, help them grow or heal, um, especially communities that are, um, much more diverse, much more, um, lower income or what we think of as like the non-white communities. I mean, I, I can think of a lot of like, you know, the suburb moms, you know, you don't see a lot of, I mean, especially in film and television represented, um, as people of color, it's usually like white suburban moms doing like PTA stuff. Um, do you think that if we look at how it really is and we have art as something that can bring communities together, do you think that's something that would be possible or do you think it's something that is just a hope hopeful wish? I think that art is uh, you know, the greatest form of self-expression, no matter how you do that, whether it's dance, painting, poetry, you know, fashion, cosplay, uh, drawing, whatever it may be. And when you express yourself, you know, it takes a long time to get to know somebody. Mm -hmm. So if I can paint you the way I feel, if I can express myself and get a genuine reaction from somebody even if it's not the whole community if if you start building those connections of you feel that way i feel that way i didn't know that and by looking at a picture or talking about you know hearing a poem by interacting in a new you know medium you have that experience of community and connection and i think art is extremely powerful and that it can bring a community together whether you know it's a collective unconscious. It's, you know, when you hear music, we're all in it together. When you see a dance, you know, it's, it's all, I think art's a, a great way to build community. Yeah. I like what you said, the collective unconscious. I think that is something that often gets missed when, you know, you're in a gallery or in a space is that you're all looking at the same thing and you're all feeling something about the one thing that you're looking at or watching and um, having that kind of sense of unity, I guess, in a community that you can share um, those experiences with people, um, especially communities that have gone through like struggle and heartache and communities that are now trying to rebuild and find like who they are and what defines them. I feel like art could be something that definitely pushes that. Um, especially after this summer's, um, you know, June's political and social issues that came up and, you know, it kind of pushed that I think more and we need it more. Right. Cause it is a, an awareness and, you know, a lot of us, we just, go to work, come home, and especially now we're so isolated from a community 
that you don't get like I said, you know, that those opportunities to sit down and actually get to know somebody that's outside of your immediate circle. So seeing that moment of expression of like, oh, wow, I didn't know you were either in pain or that you were that, you know, ha whatever expression they're, emo you know, expressing, it's art is a, you know, we saw a lot of art murals and paintings and, you know, again, poem and music yeah. coming out about it that I, I think, again, it's a way that people for somebody from the outside to be able to be a an observer and be like, oh, wow, I feel that too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I felt communities really coming together when they were like painting the streets and doing the murals this summer. Um, yeah. You know, it was an expression that of getting everybody to be aware of issues and they, they did it through art. And um, I heard a lot of people commenting about how powerful just walking along the street and seeing the, the paintings that um, and the murals and um, what an impact it had on them. Yeah. I was, uh, so it was shortly after President Obama was inaugurated in 2000, or uh, yeah. So I'm sorry, he was elected 2008, he inaugurated 2009. So shortly after his inauguration, I had the opportunity to go to Washington, D.C. And you want to talk about art in a community like it was so inspirational the 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 you know the iconic hope obama picture yeah you guys can picture in your head right now that littered everything there was street art there was such like a a buzz like you know electricity in dc and it was you know if if, if that art wasn't there if those posters and you know people coming out and it, you you wouldn't have known like oh wow this was like a a monumental like iconic moment like it, it it really like that's one thing that you know the art stuck out to me um yeah that the community put together um, well and i feel like we continue to see that especially um with new artists or artists that are starting to become more recognized um you know it wasn't until I think it was two years ago I was in St. Louis and I went into their art museum and Kaneen Wiley's uh, had a show up and it was the first time I'd ever seen his art in person and you know he's got his famous like um, President Obama painting and when I saw the rest of his art it was just it was just so impactful on me and so great. And there's other artists that I've seen their work um, at different in different states that I've been um, able to view it. And it has the same effect. But I think seeing art so specifically towards a movement that it it leaves a greater, you know memory or greater impact on you and I definitely have a much more emotional response to it um I know that a lot of like you know TikTok artists I try to look there for inspiration and stuff and I see a lot of artists doing movement pieces and pieces that are meant to draw in 
um, a community. And I think that with that, it's allowed, it's allowed me to become more familiar with some of these artists. And it's not just like painters and, you know, graphic artists and stuff like that. It's musicians and sculptors and, you know, people that I wouldn't normally get exposure to. And just seeing how this one thing on social media or um, a platform of social media can draw in a whole group of people and, you know, millions of people see these videos and they're only 60 seconds long, but what you feel in those 60 seconds like lasts and, you know, you keep wanting to have that same feeling and search. So I think it's almost like when communities do it together, you want that same kind of response of, you know, a reaction, a, a, a physical feeling that you get. And I think that's really important for art to have, um, in general. And it, it makes it really difficult if you're, ex you're seeing art that is continuously just created by white artists and represent, you know, yes, it may represent a movement or may it represent, um, people of color, but it's not necessarily giving the same message as when people of color create that art, because I've seen, you know, white people doing just as much art for the movements, you know, that happened this summer, but it's definitely much more profound. And I think personal connection and you can feel it more when a person of color is creating that art. I agree with your statement. I think that makes sense. Um, I think if you're the, if you are the race that's being most affected by a movement and you create art to represent that, I think you'll, the person looking at it, I think would feel it more than um, somebody maybe who didn't have the experience to go along with the art that was being depicted. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it almost, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, I, I mean, I, either, either way, like, it, and you, you gotta think, because you don't know what, you know, say if a white person depicted it, you know, what, what they've dealt with, you know, did they? That's true. Did they grow up with, you know, uh, having an adopted black sibling and they had to deal with racism or you know standing up for their family member like so to me it's not necessarily fair to just assume you know because of someone's race that maybe they haven't experienced something um, or what they're you know why why they were moved to make this piece of art you know because art you know like uh -huh. Jerry had mentioned it's a very cathartic you know you yeah. release, can release a lot of emotion through it so I think if somebody's taking the time and creating something that moves you and hopefully move the artist as well that no matter the race it it should be appreciated um, that's know. a good point yeah yeah I think I think it is a good point and I guess recognizing that an artist is making art hopefully for a specific reason. I know that there are artists out there who 
haven't in the past done more like like historically speaking um like Duchamp doing you know his urinal piece and that being so almost like antagonistic in a way like he wants to force a response but he also wants to do it like to say yep nope this is art I can do that you know um but it, it's hard when you're trying to create something and you want people to get a response out of it. I guess it's like, I, I don't know. I feel like some people do it and they feel like they are going to make such a great impact and their work is so great. But then there's other artists who don't have that same confidence in their art. And it actually speaks like more volumes of the reflection of art. My last question, I guess, that I have is, um, I'm an art education major and I feel like knowing that you guys have been, you know, you're educated, you've been in classrooms, you understand, um, the social and political issues. And I know Deanne, you're a middle school teacher right now. So, do you have any reflections or advice from your experiences um, that might be able to offer to people who are art educators or educators in general um, that are coming up and going into this field that might help them guide young artists and students to explore more art? Um, or explore more issues in race and equality? Well, I think it would make sense for, um, I mean, that most of what I see, like in middle school, are some of it is just trying to have students um, aware of different styles of art, and I don't really know if, if the teachers are talking to them about different artists that are um, different races and whatnot but I see art in the hallways when they've when they've been creating and uh, it's amazing to me some of the talent that students have so I think the teachers role would be to encourage students um, to explore whatever medium they feel strongest mm -hmm. with and to allow them to express that. I mean, I know they have to, there are certain standards they have to meet and all of that when, they, when they're teaching, but um, when you see that a student is really strong in one area, you know, to encourage them to continue in that, in that line and while they're also being, you know, exposed to other art forms. Do you feel like there's an age that would be more, like, acceptable to, not push, but, like, introduce the idea of, like, race and art? Like, here's a history book for your class, but all the artists in it are white. But here, let me give you a list of artists of color that can go along with it. Like, what age would you introduce that because I don't feel like history books are going to change anytime soon to yeah. you know be corrected of 
the whitewashing that they've had. Well, I think that it needs to be depicted from, you know, early childhood. Kids need to be able to see themselves in the in the books that they read, in the um, illustrations in the books, um, and that's a lot of the problem with with. Um, I mean, I grew up in a in a middle class rural area, and all of our textbooks were white kids. They had no. I don't remember ever seeing any any people of color represented in any of the textbooks that we used or any of the reading, any of the stories that we read um, through my entire elementary school. And I think as a child of color, that would have been very off-putting. You know, like, why yeah. should I want to read about this? why should I care about Sally, Dick, and Jane? Because um, they're just blonde hair, blue-eyed, you know. Kids from the suburbs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I never thought about it, but I mean, that was our basis of, of our reading standard back then, and I wouldn't have assumed that in a black school they were going to have Sally, Dick, and Jane represented as black children. They're still going to be the little white kids that Right. Watching Spot Run. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like that. That still hasn't changed, you know? I mean, you were in elementary school in what? The 60s. 60s? So, yeah. I mean, I don't feel like that's changed at all, though. I, I mean, kids are still getting. I mean, yes, you see things that are slightly different, or you see, like, um, students with disabilities, you know, represented in textbooks now, but it's not, it's still well, not as mainstream I, as what it I, should be. Sorry. That's um, right. one of the things that I need to be aware of when I am presenting, um, lessons to my, to my students is when I depict, uh, well, with whatever I choose to, to show them, in and have them create a whether it's a google slide or um, something that i need to make sure that all races are represented and males and females and um and now even like with teaching a foreign language is bringing out also that you know because the languages that have the gender um now they're starting to, you know, add gender terms mm -hmm. um, for the gender neutral yeah. students that I have. And so there's, there's a lot to try to include. And I think, you know, race is one of the things you need to be aware of. And, you know, you can't just, you can't just make a, like with the Barbie dolls and whatnot, you know, I mean, to just have them colored brown but basically look like a white person i mean it's the same barbie it's just that this one's brown and this one's like a whitish pink right whatever. like there's no features that truly the represent the features should be different they should match the race that they're supposed to be depicting right that's also assuming that 
you know, you have to have a certain then criteria, you know, to be black. That's almost like there's a issue uh -huh. in the black community of skin color, of you're right. too light or you're too dark. Like there's, uh -huh. you know, so there's, you know, and so there is no middle ground. There's so much variety and diversity in the United States. I don't think you can really have picked it how it really is you just grab a handful of people and that's yeah well, it's, and it's funny i was just talking to somebody the other day um she's uh she's from africa and so her first language is french and and she lived you know africa and she lived in britain for a while and now she lives here and she said race was never an issue until she came to the united states and before that, it was just, you're just a person. Um, it didn't didn't matter if you were black or white or Hispanic or Latino or yeah. Asian. Um, so, you know, she, to her, it's, it's really obvious that race is more of an issue in the United States than it is in the, at least in the other parts of the world where she's lived. Well, and that's like the when the Black Lives Matter movement happened back in June, people were discussing about the United States, but when you looked at it and looked at the issues, it was a worldwide thing. It was not it wasn't just the United States, which to me is I, I think speaks for everyone you know, globally as uh -huh. it's an issue of not representing people of color or people of diversity in your everyday life. I mean, there, there are, I think countries that actually, you don't, you just don't see the issues because they don't want to. And the U S is so like focused on it that I don't know if it draws more like attention around the world because I'm, I'm in the U S obviously I don't know what they're sh showing and depicting of us on their televisions. But I do know that like there are countries like, I mean, even the UK has so many issues like with not even, not even blacks. It's like, that's not even the issue. It's like, they have issues with people who are, um, Indian or you know people who are Muslim and it's so it's a it's a race religion like they have other things too and we have it but because we're the U.S. I think other countries focus on it so much more and then with our current president I think it kind of amplified that you know what I mean like we had uh -huh. so much more focus on us and then it was the pandemic. So then there was more people at home anyways. And so they're watching TV and getting information and like, you know, social media just does its job in fueling the fire and not just social media, but like, you know, the news stations and stuff do a really good job of fueling the fire of everything that it kind of makes race stand out more in our society. That does make sense. Yeah. Um, well, um, do you guys have any final thoughts or anything you'd like to say to add to that? 
keep on keeping on if you make art keep on doing it no matter who you are or what you like to do just keep on doing it as long as you're not hurting anybody else nothing wrong with it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I would say you know from a educator standpoint you know we do need to make make ourselves more aware of what's um, available and consciously choose to let students um, see people of, of different races and the kinds of art they might produce or, um, you know, don't, don't put everybody into a, you know, oh, well, black people do rap and white people do country and, um, you know, that kind of categories. Yeah. Like realize that there's a much broader expansion and that anybody can do any kind of art that, that inspires them or feels good to them. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me on my podcast episode. Um, and have a good one.